Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Podcasts are presented to you by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. This week 16, make sure you're heading over to Yahoo again if you are playing paid-for-play fantasy sports because they've got their $1 million baller tournament back and they also ran back the guaranteed overlay. Last week was $250,000. They're doing it again. That's over a half million dollars that they are adding to the prize pool over the last two weeks. If you don't know what overlay means, what they're doing is $750,000 in entries is the max they can take and they're going to be paying out $1 million. The best value in DFS is happening right now at Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Check them out, rotogrinders.com slash Yahoo. Use that promo code GRINDERS30 for a $30 matching deposit bonus on that first deposit. Make sure you're playing over there this week 16. It's Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 16 uh, Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. I'm Britt Devine, here with my uh, my good friends. And, uh, you know, we're, I'm going to apologize in advance to both viewers and people who listen on the podcast. I'm sick. Scott's sick. Tyler's sick. None of us feel good, but yet we all showed up for work today. We're all doing a little bit better than Anthony Davis is tonight. Um Scott, I was gone last week. Uh, didn't play too much by the time I got back. Uh, how how was week fifteen for Scott? Uh, it was it was pretty good. Um, it was kind of like a bizarro week. I, I wrote about that a lot. Uh, so if you didn't make too much money last week, that's it's fine. Maybe even a sign that you're you're better than not. I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, week week fifteen was fine. Uh, good for my season long and dynasty leagues. How, how was how was Disney? I mean, it's always fun. The, the long lines are starting to get to me, right? You go there, unless you have your fast pass, just stuck in line for like an hour, sometimes two to get on any of the good rides. There's too many people, but hey, you, you got to make her happy sometimes, right? So you got to go. That's, uh, you know, it's a vacation. I don't know. There, there's worse things that can happen, right, Scott? Right. <laughs> um, Tyler, uh, how's it going? So I, I, I've i got like, I got sick on the plane down there. So I was sick for the first two days. I come back. I'm Okay. I don't know what's gotten into me. It's like a head cold, runny nose, all kinds. Of, I'm all hopped up on Dayquil and cough drops and all kinds of stuff. What do you got going on, Tyler? 
I've got this killer migraine that's been going on and off the last two days. Uh, it's been very hard to try to look at the computer screens and try to get my research in, but we've only got two more weeks left. Just going to power through it and uh, get to the finish line. Playoffs, showdowns, like it doesn't end. We're going pro ball, super ball, like it, it never ends, Tyler. So Yeah, not till February. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, week 15, uh, Scott, you know, right? Really low scoring. It was the lowest scoring week of the season. You mentioned, you know, if you did bad, you were probably on the right plays, but it just really didn't work out. Is that, is that kind of how you saw? I played a little bit. My teams didn't really do too good. Thankfully, I didn't play too much. But what's your overall take? Do you think, you know, as we as we go through December here, the final two weeks, there's a lot of random stuff. Teams are going to start sitting people. But is this – are we going to have lower scoring games or is, like, scoring going to pick up suddenly? Uh, I don't think it'll be as bad as last week, but I, I do see it trending downwards. You know, it's just more film to watch these teams. Some some teams are playing them twice, um, more injuries, colder weather, things like that. Um, all right, let's jump into this uh, for this week here. Uh, let's start at quarterback. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to start with you because, you, you know, you started off here with Ben Roethlisberger, and I peppered your pre-show a little bit on Drew Brees. So I'm going to question you. You got to pick one of these guys this week, right? It's in the Superdome. We're looking at some really, 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 really strong recency bias on Drew Brees, who was, you know, on three road games. We know Drew Brees on the road doesn't really do too good. He, he returns back at home. Then we've got the Big Ben narrative, Big Ben on the road. Which one of these is going to play out this week? So if you have to pick between one of these two quarterbacks, which one is it? And then, uh, you know, do you think Drew Brees is going to kind of continue the trend of, not a lot of passing yards, not a lot of touchdowns. Is New Orleans going to stay uh, a little bit run heavy in this game? Yeah, it's definitely a battle of conflicting narratives here with Big Ben. His terrible historic road splits kind of conflicts perfectly with this course field narrative of the St. Superdome, where we've historically seen an uptick in passing and a lot of scoring in the past. I'm super into this play of Big Ben. He's the top price quarterback among almost every site. I think that's naturally going to lower ownership across the field. The Saints pass funnel defense has done a terrific job stopping opposing rushing attacks, forcing opponents to throw against the Saints. As such, they've allowed the fifth most passing yards to opposing QBs. Big Ben's a guy that I think should take advantage of that. Um, we're going to see Pittsburgh entering the Superdome as 5.5 point road dogs. Saints are implied for 29.5 points. If they're if the Steelers are going to stay in this game, they're going to need to pass. And I think they're going to need Big Ben to play well in order to have a chance here this week. Um, so I've pulled up Big Ben in dome splits. He's got nine career games, a 70% completion percentage, um, his highest passer rating at anything. Yards per attempt is through the roof. Scott, uh, I'm looking at Big Ben. You know, we've got the road narrative. But if you look at the dome, now it's only nine games, so it is a little bit of a small sample size. Dude seems to crush in those or over his career. Um, what's your take on, on the quarterback situation in this game? Uh, yeah, I don't think that really means anything, but we do know quarterbacks do tend to play better in the dome. Uh, he, he does have a great matchup uh, this week. Um, the Saints are uh, one of the three top pass funnel defenses in the league. Uh, he ranked third worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Roethlisberger, QB two on the year, very quietly, um, massive over under. Yeah, I, I, I like it. What's your take on Drew Brees? You got a strong take on this with the, with this offense. The run game is the pass game. You know, three road games for Brees. 
it's really ingrained the narrative that the Saints are a run-focused team right now, and they are, but that they've been on the road, and you want to run on the road, I think, a little bit more than the Saints want to do at home. you got a strong take on, on the Saints' offenses. Uh, no, I, I really don't, uh, other than that uh, Pittsburgh's defense is, I think, one of the, the top ten toughest for opposing quarterbacks. Um, I don't think I'm going to be leaning towards – uh, breeze this week uh, for some of the reasons that you mentioned, uh, but he, he is definitely in play. Um, who do you want to talk about here, Scott? I see a couple guys. It looks like Andrew Luck's looking like he's going to be the chalk of the week here. What, what do you see with his matchup right now? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely like him. Um, you know, Giants are giving up the fifth most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, uh, much more so in, in recent uh weeks although they're more of a run funnel now and I could see them leaning heavy on Marlon Mack and I I think they will and I think they should Uh, but he's just been you know super productive Uh, he's pretty cheap I think Um, massive uh, implied total this week Um, I I like it Uh, honestly quarterback's tough this week and it's been tough for a few weeks now Um, also talked about uh, Matt Ryan up against another uh, pass funnel defense in the Panthers, although now with Cam Newton out, that that kind of changes things a little bit. Might might not have Julio either, so yeah, that would that would not be good. That would definitely take him out of contention. Also, uh, talked about Nick Foles, just given uh, uh, the matchup and, and price tag. Although not super excited about that either. Really, quarterback just feels kind of gross this week. Yeah, forty seven hundred for Nick Foles. Um, well, we'll talk cheap quarterbacks in in a second here. We'll, we'll get into a yeah. little bit here. Uh, Tyler, I want to go back to you. So, you know, Jared Goff, just like uh, what, what's gotten into this guy uh, over the past couple of games, uh, pull this up. Uh, what has he got? One touchdown, six picks in his last three games here. He's still chucking the ball a lot. You know, they lose to Philadelphia at home. That was a pretty big upset. You know, he was on the road in Chicago, not really going to hold that as a bad performance against him, right? On the road in Detroit, they still put up 30 points. He didn't really have to do too much here. He's at Arizona, right? So, like, what's with Jared Goff, right? They're huge favorites, but Todd Gurley's a little hobbled. Do you think they try to give Goff a little confidence, call some pass plays, get him some touchdowns um, kind of before they head into the playoffs here? Yeah, for me, this is a bet kind of on regression and him getting back to how he started the year. 26 passing touchdowns in the first 11 weeks in his first 11 games, uh, there's a banged-up Todd Gurley. Makes total sense for them to utilize the pass a bit more here in this week. The Rams still have a shot at the number one seed. They just need to win out and have New Orleans lose one. That should mean they keep playing aggressive football down the stretch, and uh, they, they have two really cu- easy cupcake games against a 4-10 and uh, 10 team and a 3-11 and 11 or whatever the records are. Um, but I like Goff here as a contrarian play. Uh, super cheap price tag on Yahoo, thirty dollars. Um, but I think this is just more of a a play on him returning to what he was to start the year um, and trying f- to fade recency bias. Yeah, I think I like his uh, receivers a little bit here as well. We'll talk about some of them. Um, what's our? You know, it's Wednesday night when we're recording this. If the guys listen to the podcast later, and like, what's your thoughts? I guess on Gurley, Tyler, as it stands right now. I mean, a big favorite playing their main running back that's somewhat hurt against Arizona. This seems very familiar to me. Uh, do you think the Rams are stupid enough to do this with Todd Gurley? 
unfortunately i think they have him out there i don't know how much they use him though i'm, I'm terrified of it i will not be playing any girly this week because of it i think at any moment we could see john kelly come in uh, cj anderson or cj anderson yeah newly signed <laughs> cga cja um i won't be playing any girly uh just because i'm afraid of them taking him off the field at any moment all right, Scott, a couple more quarterbacks I want to talk to you about here. Um, all right, let's talk to cheap quarterbacks. We got uh, Nick Foles and uh, all the way down. To what, tell me uh, what you know about this Carolina backup, right? H- had some good uh, FBS or whatever they call that. Looked like he was pretty good team preseason. I remember using him earlier in the preseason this year. Uh, he's minimum price, 4000 Uh Mr. Taylor uh, Heineke, I believe is his last name. Uh, what do you know about this guy? He's going up against Atlanta, right? What do you expect out of this game? Maybe we can just talk a little bit about what, what what's going to happen in this game with a backup quarterback. Yeah, his his stats look good because he went to Old Dominion yeah. University, which is uh, an online college, pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have no interest in him. Uh, honestly, annoyed because uh, – this, this might ding Christian McCaffrey, although I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Cam Newton's honestly not the most accurate quarterback, and especially on short uh, throws for whatever reason. Um, but hopefully they just keep giving McCaffrey 100% of the snaps and a heavy uh, workload, and, and it's not going to matter. Um, but, yeah, I'm not on him. I, I, I do like I do like Foles. Um, uh, Dak definitely Prescott's a funnel, value, yeah, yeah. The funnel defense of Houston, you want know, like forty-seven hundred for Foles. It looks like he likes Alshon Jeffrey a little bit too. Ertz could bounce back and have a big game. Who, who's your favorite guy to pair up with Foles here? Uh, yeah, it's Alshon Jeffrey. I, I wrote about that in my actual opportunity article. It's just, it's uh, been far more productive with Foles than with Wentz for whatever reason. We'll get to that in a minute. Stop, stop. You know, uh, touting your article. We'll get to that in just a second here. Um, Tyler, a couple more quarterbacks. You got Josh Allen, right? I got to pop some more cough drops here. My throat's hurting. So Josh Allen uh, going at New England should be able to run a little bit more than he did last week. Uh, his targets, um, he did lose McKenzie, but he still got, he's got a couple of guys out there that can still catch some passes. It's a little thin out there. Uh, what are you expecting from him this week? He's, he's 58 on DK, right? Tom Brady's 59. Dak Prescott's 57. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, they're all kind of priced together here. What, what's make, what's making Allen stand out for you? It's hard to beat his consistency and price combination here. He's a great cash game option this week. He's averaged 24.3 Fandle points per game over his last four outings, scoring at least 19.8 in each matchup. His rushing game is what we're really after here. 99 plus yards in three of his last four, three touchdowns in three of his last four. That provides a high floor for us for cash and we like that he throws downfield aggressively. He leads all quarterbacks in percentage of passes of 20 plus yards, passing 21.3% of his dropbacks. Great um, stacking option with Robert Foster in tournaments, who's got a 24.0 average depth of target. We're going to see this team enter the um, New England as currently, I think, the 13 point road dogs. They're going to need to be passing a lot. They're going to need to make big plays on offense and Allen can do that through the ground and through the air. Um, all right, Scott, I'm going to get you out of here with this question before we get to your article, uh, two teams in DGAF mode. Uh, you're forced to start <laughs> one quarterback. Is it an expensive Aaron Rodgers or a cheap Sam Darnold? 
Uh, yeah, it, it definitely wouldn't be Darnold off of his best game of the year. Um, still don't really trust him. He's one of our worst graded quarterbacks over at PFF. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, if he plays and he's he's taking the game seriously and <clears throat> he's going to play the whole game, I, I do like him. Uh, I just don't know that the team's uh, going to let him play. It seems like he wants to play. He's, uh, there are a couple of quotes that came out. You can't uh, lead the team from the sidelines voluntarily sitting down. So uh, it seems like Aaron, seems like Aaron Rodgers is probably going to go. Yeah. Yes. Sweet. Um, all right. Let's jump to your uh, article here. So it's actual opportunity. Scott spends a lot of time on this. Uh, a lot of spreadsheets. Um, couple, one of the main things you should probably read on PFF every week. Uh, we give you a little bit of a sneak peek here on the show and on the pod. Uh, so, Scott, tell me uh, how we can kind of, you know, there's only a couple of weeks left for us to use this information. H- how are we going to use it in week 16? Uh, yeah, you're going to use it for DFS purposes. You're going to read the article, find out who's seen an uptick in usage uh, in recent weeks uh, and how that relates to, to their price tag on whatever site. Um, and I wrote this article before the fever set in, so it's it's good. Trust me. Yeah, yeah I know. We're also yeah. we're also on this show. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm apologizing for it. We are all definitely under the weather today. Yeah, but anyway, this is better than than I'm going to be on the podcast. Apologies, uh, but I, I took a a deep look at all of the potential injury related values mm-hmm. with Gore out, Crowell out, Ito Smith out, Aaron Jones out. Todd Gurley, Brita, Spencer Ware, Lamar Miller, questionable how that opens up value. Elsewhere, I like the Alshon Jeffrey thing. I I talk about what Nick Foles means for Ertz and and Jeffrey. Um, Mike Williams, if if Keenan Allen's out. Talk about uh, Deshaun Hamilton as a sleeper, Robbie Anderson as a sleeper. Why I really like Marlon Mack this week, Robert Foster, whether or not he's a good play, uh, which I think is is a debate. Um, Chris Carson, uh, and then top values. Yeah, you got Derrick Henry in here. Derrick, does Derrick Henry have the most useless eleven touchdown fantasy season? Right, like you couldn't use him all year. Right, he probably didn't start him the one big week. He probably came through for you last week if you used him. But like, right, huge season. The totals look great, and you probably only got one week of production out of Derrick Henry. Right, this is why I stress, uh, like in redraft leagues especially, but like also in DFS, but go after those bell cow running backs who, who see a high snap share are used extensively in the running and receiving game, because this is like the same season as, you know, Doug Martin 2015, where mm-hmm. he only had four um, like RB top 15 weeks. Um, so yeah, yeah that, that's a great point, but um, uh, you know, he, he's off the main slate this week, but uh, you're starting him in every league you have him this week. Yeah, uh, if you're still in the finals, definitely. Uh, who would have thought Derrick Henry risen from the dead in the past three weeks for fantasy revival to lead you to the championship, along with uh, a whole bunch of other cheap running backs we're going to talk about here. But first, uh, Tyler, I'm going to start with you at running back. So I'm going to I'm going to go down the list of the expensive running backs this week. And there's only one that I think is is a surefire can't miss this week. So I'm going to give the guys who I have um, some questions about Christian McCaffrey. Right? Loses his quarterback. Uh, not really sure how that's going to play. Although I was looking at the blitz, uh, Cardi's thing here. Cardi is loving the Carolina backup this week. Let me just tell you on that right now. I don't know if that's adjusted everything yet, but he is just crushing the projections right now. I'm not sure uh, I'm in 100% agreeance on that. Saquon Barkley, right? 
maybe no Odell Beckham could be playing from behind Eli Manning's garbage. I know he's cheap, but I question the ability of just the giants to even get into scoring position in this game. Alvin Kamara going to be splitting work. His price is a little bit down. This leaves Zeke Elliott, who's just touching the ball. His touches right now are just so much on a higher level than anybody else. It's impossible to, to overlook him. I know he did it a little bit last week, but he still had what 18 attempts and eight targets. Um, had 19 fantasy points without even getting into the end zone on DraftKings. Uh, now he gets to face Tampa Bay, who over the past five weeks has allowed an average of 30-plus fantasy points to opposing running backs, and Zeke's in there every play. Uh, seems like I can't miss. Yeah, he's the one lock that I have right now. You can't beat his volume. Cash lock, guy I want to feature heavily in tournaments. Tampa has allowed 100-plus rushing yards to five straight opponents, seven total touchdowns allowed during that span. Dallas is currently a 7.5 point favorite here playing at home indoors in December. There's nothing more really to say here. Zeke's a lock. Yeah. Uh, Scott, do you, are you in agreement if you have the cash Zeke's probably the, the running back you want this week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So do you have, do you want to touch on McCaffrey or Barkley? I know you got a list listed here. Are you, I, I'm down on both of them a little bit. I know Barkley's still going to get some run. I, I just question the Giants without Odell Beckham are just a, a horrible, horrible offense. And I know Indy's going to put up points, but um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see a lot of use for these guys on my team this week. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to pay up for Zeke. Uh, I think he scored 19 fantasy points last week. That's definitely his floor in what was ultimately a shutout. His volume uh, by my data is, is top 10 since 1992. His, his most recent six-game stretch. Uh, Christian McCaffrey actually is outscoring him over that span. Um, you know, still really like him despite the, the quarterback change, but I, I do want to hear what uh, the coaching staff wants to do with him, if they're going to pump the brakes at all. Uh, Barkley, I, I still love. I think, um, you know, matchup's good. Uh, He's, he's strong where Indianapolis is most vulnerable, which is to receiving running backs. Um, yeah, I like all three guys. I, that, that's been the winning formula for DFS this year, oh, yeah. trying to fit two or three of those guys. And I think uh, I'm going to try and do the same this week. Yeah, Barkley did get a $1,500 price increase, so he's much more interesting than if he was 9400 so he's 7900 So the price is tempting, but uh, I think I would easily play Zeke over him this week. The mid-tier, not even the mid-tier, the, the next tier, Tyler, it's filled with all the guys I want to play. we got Nick Chubb, who's in a can't-miss spot at home against Cincinnati. Really hard for me to see him fail. I still think Mixon can probably get it done. We've got Dalvin Cook who uh, looks like they're establishing the run again, involved in the passing game, and snacks Harrison for Detroit. He didn't practice today. Um, Jalen Samuels, probably a little bit too high on DraftKings for my liking. If you're playing on Yahoo this week in their big tournament, he's just 14 bucks over there, like his price tag over there. Um, but like the, the second tier and then like the next tier below this, this is where you can – I think you can play Zeke with two of these mid-tier guys and, and really make a strong lineup this week. Yeah, I agree with that uh, a lot, especially Nick Chubb. The problem is, though, I mean, I feel like we're paying this absolute ceiling here for Chubb, considering uh, his lack of receiving game. Uh, it's still a fantastic matchup here against the Bengals. Definitely one that we want to target here. Bengals have allowed opposing backfields to combine for 38.3 DraftKings points per week over the past five outings. Um, considering Duke Johnson has very little 
to do with this backfield nowadays. We can expect Chubb to get a large percentage of that 38 points. He scored 27.8 the last time they faced each other just a few weeks ago. I think a 30-burger is very realistic for him. Uh, looking at the other backs, Mixon's a guy I also like. Uh, it's just kind of conflicting trying to play two backs like of their their skills and style in the same game. Um, if, you, if you're multi-entering, I think you should get some exposure to both. Uh, I think James Conner plays over Jalen Samuels this week. It's still kind of early. He didn't practice today. Everything I everything I read, so this, this came at – this was at 5 o'clock tonight. Uh, Connor didn't practice. He's trying. It's day by day. He can walk around, but he's he's just not ready yet. Is basically the quote out of Connor's mouth. Um, I don't know. I, I'm 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 on the other side of that. I don't think Connor's going to end up playing. Okay. Well, yeah. If he's truly questionable, then yeah, we need to keep paying attention to news. And then, like you said, Jalen Samuels will be a smash button lock on Yahoo. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook, I'm a little apprehensive about with the Lions. I'm a little if snacks plays i didn't know he didn't practice today but if he is in there i'm a little apprehensive against this team they're both going to be playing pretty slow paced games i don't think we're going to see the running game thrive like it did last week um but that's kind of it for my the mid-tier or the upper mid-tier i think i like chubb the best of this group yeah scott i'm going to go to you to the next tier because the next tier also loaded right marlon mack 5500 all the every single one of his performances this year that's been so he had a 31 a 34 and then a 29 he's been like two percent owned in dfs on all of those um for one reason or another um he just he goes off when nobody's on him he will be a little bit more popular this week but i think it's for good reason he's 5500 that is definitely too cheap in my opinion we've got a uh, jamal williams i don't know if you got a take on him um not very good but had a reasonable performance last week and against Chicago nonetheless so it looks like he's going to be getting a workhorse role you can scroll down you know Tevin Coleman looks like with Ito Smith Devontae Freeman gone is Jeremy Langford going to slow down Tevin Coleman's touches this week or is this finally the week Tevin Coleman gets a full workload Brian Hill yeah Brian Hill like are they gonna ever are they gonna give Tevin Coleman the courtesy of we know you're gonna be a free agent we're not gonna resign you go get your 20 touches you don't think they're gonna do that this week um no i i don't think so and and even if they do give him more of a bell cow workload i don't think uh it's that great so I, over the past five weeks atlanta ranks second i know third worst in uh team running back expected fantasy points so um even if it's uh a, like a lion's share of the work it's still like not as good as it's going to be for Jamal Williams, who's someone I, I like more. But uh, mm-hmm. let me let me talk about the first running back you mentioned first, which was uh, Marlon Mack. So since returning from injury, he averages 25.2 fantasy points per game in victories by more than a field goal. It's four such games. And then in all other games, he averages 8.3. Uh, so that's massive. So that, that's, 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 that explains to me fully um, – uh, why has he been so boomer bust? And it's, uh, it's obvious he's uh, in a running back by committee situation, but he is the lead back and he's more game script dependent than not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, they're nine point favorites. The giants rank bottom three and schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Then Jamal Williams. Yeah. Like you said, you know, he, he's inefficient compared to, Aaron Jones, but we've seen a bell cow workload from him before with a lot of productivity 
and even without Aaron Jones in the lineup. So from weeks 11 to 17 of last year, Williams played on 91% of the snaps and he averaged 19 fantasy points per game over that span. He, and I mean, that's, that's a solid yeah. sample of games. Um, so uh, Will, Will, Matt, Williams or Mac, you got to pick one, Scott, who you got? Um, I, I'd probably go, go Mac, but I, I really like both a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tevin Coleman or Elijah McGuire, Scott McGuire. Um, all right. Uh, Tyler, who you got between those two, the, you know, the, the two questions I just asked Scott. Uh, ditto same t- uh, Mac and McGuire. Um, someone ta- I mean, I, I understand McGuire. Anyone have a, a strong take on, you know, want to sell the people on Elijah McGuire? Uh, he reached the end zone in back-to-back games, 20 plus touches in each of those last two games. That's the kind of volume we're looking for. He's seeing 68.3% of his backfields touches during that span. Packers have one of our bottom 10 run graded defenses. Uh, I like it here for McGuire. Where do you, how do you have that all written? Oh, all right. He was on the sheet. So you had a couple things ready to yeah. go. <laughs> I'm like, how do you just like know that off the top of your head there? Uh, I'm not that good. <laughs> um, any, any other running backs? Anyone wants to key on? Let me make sure we talk to everybody. Um, looks like you had the saints here, Tyler. You want to talk to them with maybe the saints DST, you know, there's um last year, you know, you used to be able to play Ingram and Kamara and just crush every single week, even though it doesn't make any sense to be able to do that. Do you want to use both or you got a preference this week? Yeah, that's kind of exactly what my blurb here is. We've seen historically playing both has paid off. It just hasn't happened for whatever reason in 2018. Uh, I kind of like the idea of playing both with their defense. Pittsburgh's secondary is looking pretty good down the stretch. Um, so I'd, I think I'd rather try to attack this Pittsburgh defense with the run game via Kamara and Ingram. Stacking these backs with their DST could be a very unique way to approach this game that should draw a lot of ownership. Scott, you got anyone else you want to talk about at the running back position? Um, Jordan Howard, Tariq yeah, Cohen, um, any any of these guys? Dalvin, uh, no, Dalvin Cook's off the main slate. Joe Mixon. Uh, oh, Cook's on the main slate. Oh, is he? Yes. Um, so yeah, Dalvin Cook and, and Joe Mixon. Um, I worry about game script with Dalvin Cook a little bit, but he still ranks third in fantasy points per game over the last three weeks. And um, Mixon ranks behind only Derrick Henry over the last two weeks. Massive workload over that span. Um, yeah, they're they're both in that that middle tier we were talking about before. All right. Uh, Tyler, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Pat Thorman's article. I gave this a good read before the show. And uh, I wanted to point out the main thing I want to talk about here is, you know, normally we go through the big games. And I, I noticed I didn't see Pittsburgh and New Orleans up here on the top. So I scrolled to the bottom and he's throwing he's throwing some shade on the Pittsburgh New Orleans game here. Because, I mean, we, we you just talked about the New Orleans running backs on how they want to play a little bit slower and run the ball. And Pat goes through in good detail. Pittsburgh's no huddle. It's uh, it's much more effective at home. They use it a lot more. They play a little bit slower on the road. Um, is I think is there a reason it like this is the game everybody's going to want to play? And we we fell for the trap last week. Pittsburgh, New England, Big Ben, and Tom Brady were like something twenty eight percent of the own quarterbacks in the Millionaire Maker. Um, is Pat on to something here? Do you think this game could be a little bit underwhelming? We've seen the Saints defense really just been crushing week in, week out right now as well. Yeah, and it's kind of one of the reasons why I'm kind of interested in the running backs here. I think if the Saints do slow this game down, uh, they'll be doing it via rushing. Uh, we've seen them run 
quite heavily over the past three games while they've been on the road. I think that might continue here while they're at home. Keeps Pittsburgh explosive offense off the field. Um, Pittsburgh has traditionally played slower, as Pat mentions here, while on the road. But I, it's the Superdome. It's it's tough, man. These are two <laughs> conflicting things. Like, um, it's all. It's. Uh, <laughs> I, I just I just wanted to point it out because it's. Uh, it, it threw yeah. caution to the wind to me. Uh, I know Pat's very smart, and uh, I just wanted to bring this up that, you know, we fell for it last week. That was a, a low-scoring game. I don't know. Maybe something might be up here. It's the Superdome. There's a lot of different ways. I could, this, if you tell me this game's 33-30, I believe you. If you tell me it's 45-10, to 10, I believe you. If you tell me it's 17-10, to 10, I believe you. Um, there's just a lot of different ways this game can play out. So I just wanted to point it out that uh, Pat brought a little bit of caution to the wind, and uh, – Maybe, just maybe, he's on to something on this one. So I just wanted to point that out to everybody. Um, let's move on to some wide receivers for the week. And uh, I don't know, I think, uh, I think most of my salary, at least in cash game, you know, I got Zeke. I've got, um, you know, a Nick Chubb. I've got, you know, take your Marlon Mack or Jamal Williams or Elijah McGuire type running back. I don't have all the salary in the world. But if you do have some salary, Scott, I don't know. Julio Jones might not play. So let's pretend he doesn't play. We can't roster him. DeAndre Hopkins, <clears throat> a little bit hobbled, but he should be able to feast against Philadelphia, but he's expensive. Devontae Adams hasn't disappointed the entire season. Um, the Steelers receivers are right there. Michael Thomas is a little bit too cheap, in my opinion. Uh, who you got up at the top this week? Um, just in terms of value, I like Robert Woods quite a bit. Uh, he's going to be safe in the slot. He runs 71% of his routes from the slot. Um, Arizona ranks sixth worst in fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. He's also seen really good volume since <clears throat> um, Cooper Cup's injury. He ranks fifth among wide receivers and expected fantasy points per game over that span. Uh, just, just too cheap, even with uh, – Jared Goff's recent struggles mm -hmm. um, and uh, love DeAndre Hopkins and I love Juju Smith-Schuster so I, I just want to apologize to people I I had this big Juju Smith-Schuster rant on the podcast and then that night uh, Evan Silva called me on the phone and was like what Barrett what are you doing don't you know <laughs> Juju's not in the slot anymore and uh yeah, so it's just like it wasn't a good take. Um, so like, but, but, What's that like? Is that like? Is that like your dad calling you to like tell you like you you drank all the milk in the fridge or something and he's pissed at you? What's that like when when you get the Evan Silva? That's that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, you know, I gotta take my my lecture and I'm like you're right. I should have I should have double checked that stat before the podcast. Um, oh, I also said uh, uh, they shut down Antonio Brown, but that was the the ACL injury. So it, it pays to be friends with Evan Silva. You know, he usually, uh, he catches it in time before you make yourself look foolish, but it is a juju week this week. Uh, New Orleans ranks second worst in fantasy points per game allowed to opposing outside wide receivers. Most in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to wide receiver twos. Um, you know, Eli Apple uh, definitely does not scare me as much as Mershon Lattimore. Uh, which is who I think Antonio Brown is going to see in shadow coverage. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, probably best possible matchup. Uh, Philadelphia is giving up the most fantasy points per game to outside wide receivers, the second most schedule adjusted, the third most schedule adjusted over the last five weeks. And he's just a beast. He's just, he's just 
probably arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, if it goes the uh, a pass goes to DeAndre Hopkins, he's probably going to catch it if it's like within a catchable distance. The dude is just uh, probably the strongest hands in football. If you you know when you see him catch the football, absolutely crazy. Um, Tyler, what are you doing at the top here? Help me try to separate some of these guys. Right, Hopkins, Adams. Antonio Brown looks a little bit too cheap. Juju, um, Thielen's kind of fallen off a little bit. Michael Thomas, you know, you got to pick a receiver in this in the Superdome shootout. I know you like the running game, but if you're forced to pick the receiver, I mean, it's really tough. Which one in cash games? Um, I don't think I'd end up on any of them. I think Woods is a is a good place to start, like Scott said, on your cash games for a, uh, a cash wide receiver with some upside. Um, but up at the top, man, that, that's a really tough decision. Yeah, I agree with the Woods call. He's going to be a core play of mine this week. But at the top, I love Nuke. I mean, this Eagles secondary is in shambles, running out fourth and fifth stringers. Um, definitely a play that you can definitely prioritize in tournaments considering his ceiling. He's seen double-digit targets in each game over the past three weeks. And during that span, we've seen the Houston Texans see an uptick in passing. Watson's throwing attempts have gone up to respectable numbers. And as such, Nuke's been a bit more of a playable uh, fantasy asset like I said double digit targets during that span a 52% target share during that that span as well like him a lot here this week especially against a Philadelphia secondary that's allowing the, I think the most receptions on the year to opposing wideouts uh, he's the guy uh, I'm, I'm paying up for I'm pumped uh, Antonio Davis has risen from the dead he's back in the NBA basketball game tonight so I'm going to accrue some more fantasy points so when you have 100% Anthony Davis uh you, you needed that to happen after he was crushing already. So um, I got a smile on my face that will overcome my cold for the rest of the show now, for sure. Um, so we had Woods. Um, Scott, you talked about Alshon Jeffrey. I see Tyler's on here, too. Um, let's kind of rehash that a little bit. Um, what's from your article? Um, you know, how, do, how much more does Nick Foles prefer Alshon Jeffrey? Alshon Jeffrey has been left for dead by Carson Wentz for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, so I, I also tweeted about this. It, it's just, it's weird. It, you know, volume's actually better for Jeffrey with Wentz, but uh, production's way better for Jeffrey with Foles. And the reverse is true for Zach Ertz. And, um, you know, it's a pretty decent sample of the last two seasons, postseason included. And uh, I really think it's just um, – I think it's I think quarterback rapport is a real thing. Um, but basically, according to my data – uh, you know, if we look at it on a per route, per drop back basis, his typical routes run per game, uh, he should average 15.0 fantasy points per game with Foles and 13.5 with Wentz. Uh, so, you know, that extra 1.5 definitely makes him even stronger value this week. I do like him quite a bit. Um, Tyler, you mentioned Woods. What else are we doing? for some cash game wide receivers this week. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I didn't have time to do a shell team. So I'm going to, I'm going to plug in some guys that we talked about and I'm going to see how much uh, I might have left at receiver. Give me one second here, but what are you looking at in like the mid to lower tier for some, like we played Michael Gallup last week, a big, big old goose egg. We played guys like Sterling Shepard. Uh, I think I'm done trying to do that. What are we doing to replace these guys this weekend in kind of the mid and low tiers? 
Yeah, it's kind of a gross week. Uh, I think you can go to Robbie Anderson. He's a guy that I'm pretty interested in this week. Since Darnold's return in week 14, he's seen a 29% target share, 46% market share of air yards. He scored in both games while seeing 18 total targets during that span. Green Bay secondary has allowed the fourth most touchdowns on the year and some big fantasy outings to opposing wideouts. The Packers may be kind of just running out this year and not really trying to win the rest of their games, losing interest. But the Jets are still kind of evaluating Darnold. Uh, I'm expecting them to fully test him, utilizing Anderson all over the field and targeting him pretty heavily. Uh, 4,500, he's a pretty good cash game option, I think, uh, despite being the a little more volatile than we normally go for. Uh, another cheaper guy that I'm interested in is Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. where I think he's just too cheap everywhere after two explainably poor games. Uh, I'm going back to the well here because the Bucks remain one of the league's most pass-happy offenses. Byron Jones is a stationary corner, staying on his side of the field, but Godwin moves all over the formation, should get plenty of routes run against Anthony Brown, who's our number 61-graded cornerback, and Shadobi Awuze, our number 85. I think he's a great option for cash and tournaments this week. Um, and Godwin, too, I don't know if it was PFF, but I saw somewhere charting over the past two weeks for Godwin, 13 targets. Only one of those was deemed a catchable target. Of course, he caught it because he's Chris Godwin. So they're just just absolutely horrific throws have been getting to him, too, over the past couple of weeks. So a couple more. I mean, it is uh, Jameis Winston, so you never really know. Um, but I think his price is good. Um, Scott, you got any interest in, like, the low to mid-tier wide receiver? Uh, yeah, I do like Robbie Anderson quite a bit. Josh Reynolds was another good call. Uh, yep. Deshaun Hamilton, I think, is interesting um, if he's on the main slate. He's off the main slate, so we can't we can't use him or uh, with Tim Patrick this week. Bummer. What about Robert Foster in Buffalo? Yeah, I th- yep. think we can we can do that. So yeah, Foster, right? I mean, the price is getting up there, but he's got. You know, the targets, the yards, uh, they lost McKenzie, too. Like, who else is there to catch these Josh Allen heaves in the second half, right? Right. Um, Uh, Also, uh, Dante Pettis. Yeah, I think all these guys look like they should have pretty reasonable projected ownership uh, from what I see on the early week um, ownership here at Roto-Grinders as well. Um, What about Zay Jones? Anyone on Zay Jones, or are we just playing Robert Foster? No, he has uh, Stephon Gilmore this week. All right. right. That's the one we want to avoid. Could we go back to Gallup? Didn't even get a target last week, Tyler. Um, is this is this like the flop leg on Tyler on uh, Michael Gallup? I don't know. He, he led the team in air yards prior to that. I know. It makes no of, sense. <laughs> the the argument for him made total sense last week, but I'm not doing it. I like Amari. Yeah, Amari's a great play this week. Um, Trent Sherfield. I mean, this is this is what happens late season DFS. We play guys we haven't really heard of all all season long. Anyone on yeah, Trent? Yeah, if you want to stack in those heavy RBs, I think Trent's a viable option. Yeah, I think that works good. Scott, you got anyone else you wanted to mention? No, I don't think so. I'm scrolling through here, seeing if I can find anybody. Oh, if uh, if Julio's out, um, what, what are we what are we doing in the Atlanta passing game? How how serious is this Julio thing? I didn't read anything about it. Um, I think let's it was see. Rips. Yeah, it seems pretty. Like, this seems like the most questionable he's been all season. I think it's legit 50-50 at this point. I will say that if he's not playing, I kind of like the idea of Austin Hooper. The Carolina Panthers have been a funnel defense toward opposing tight ends all season. 
Hooper could be in play, considering how gross tight end was last week. Hooper of the one target. <laughs> he could go anywhere with last week. <laughs> yeah, he was banged up too last week. So yes. he, I think he's also on the injury report. So make sure to monitor that. Um, all right. I think that's going to wrap it up at, at wide receiver. Anyone? Uh, let's move it on to tight end. Always a gross position. We don't have Travis Kelsey on the main slate. Uh, we do have Kittle. We do have Ertz. We have Eric Ebron. Um, we've got Gronk again. Evan Ingram had some targets. I think there are some reasonable things at the top. Uh, on the premium show I did last week, I said uh, it was very unlikely for me to think any of the top tight ends wouldn't be the highest scoring tight end. Boy, was that wrong. Everybody stunk last week. Um, like, uh, I don't even want to throw out some of the names that were out there as leading uh, tight end scores on the week. I think Jeremy Sprinkle was like tight end three or four or something like that. Um, Scott, disappointing position uh, position overall. Uh, what do we got here? Are we just paying up because it's just we're just throwing darts if we're if we're playing anybody. Um, do you think it's a, a wise decision to pay up for one of the top five this week? Um, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Maybe Evan Ingram if Odell Beckham Jr. is out again. Uh, even if he's not, he's in play is a, a, a really good matchup. Um, but now I think I'm going to go up to one of Ebron, Kittle, or Ertz. Um, Tyler, what's your overall take on the position here? We got Gronkowski against, but he always likes playing against Buffalo here. In Buffalo, that's the thing. Yes, that is that that is yeah. that is. You need to make sure you, uh, that's <laughs> noted. Um, I love Kelsey if you're playing the Yahoo slate where you mm-hmm. get that Sunday night hammer. Uh, otherwise, I'm probably looking at Ebron. He was game scripted out of last week's shutout. Back-to-back shutouts are very rare. Not expecting that to happen again. Giants defense is one we can definitely attack. Ebron's been a target hog in this Colts offense uh, ever since Doyle's been injured. He's been a touchdown hog this entire year. Uh, I like the two combinations of targets and touchdowns. I'll be going to him. He's a nice uh, value on FanDuel especially. Uh, what about Ertz, right? Two down games in a row kind of soured everyone's uh, taste on him over the past two weeks. Does anyone have, a, have an Ertz take? Uh, I'll say Scott mentioned it briefly earlier that Foles did like going to Ertz more often than Alshon. Uh, he had more success going to Alshon, but uh, the volume was definitely there for Ertz. Uh, this past week was kind of rough. He didn't see many targets, I don't believe. Um, he's a great re- uh, regression bounce back candidate, though. Um, Hooper, yeah, Hooper would be interesting if Julio's out. I don't think that's the worst play in the world. Uh, Scott, gun to your head. You're forced to choose between CJ Uzoma or Chris Herndon. This is what it's come down to. Week 16, NFL, DFS, we need a tight end. Which one is it? Um, it would be Uzoma. He is the, the better matchup. Um, I forget who, who he's against, but the ranked third worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to yeah. opposing tight ends. The Browns are there, a little safety nonsense. Yeah, over the last five weeks. Yep. Um, anyone else at tight end you really want to talk about? I mean, you you could dart throw on right like Vance McDonald and on Trey Burton and Cameron Brait and Jimmy Grant. You can just like take dart throws, but um, I don't know. I'm going to play a lot of tournaments this week. I think it's it's pretty much going to be all of the uh, you know the top five tight ends on DraftKings, and then if Julio's out, I'll probably mix in some Hooper, and that's going to be my tight end pool for the week. <laughs> Yeah, hard to argue against that. We've seen tight ends fluctuate wildly this year. Uh, so if you're paying down, go all the way down. If not, get the studs. I mean, we've gotten rid of kickers, right? Like, we, it took us a while to do that. Not, all right, we need to focus, right? We've got to get rid of tight ends. Just make wide receiver re- receiver spots. 
just make everything flex spots in my opinion, right? Just let me roster anybody I want. Uh, a tight end position, uh, always a, a tough one to crack. If you get the right one, uh, you got yourself a, a big advantage on the field here. I did want to note, um, I noticed in Minnesota, they uh, they took some snaps away from Kyle Rudolph and they gave them to, uh, who was it, Tyler Conklin. Um, now, I know this game was a little bit of a blowout. Does anyone think that's a, a reasonable take this week at Detroit or do you think Rudolph ends up getting most of the snaps again? 2,500 on DK. Um, yeah, I'm not going to chase that. No? Nobody else? No. All right. Um, all right I guess that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, again, apologize. All three of us uh, definitely feeling under the weather this week. Uh, I'm going to go check out some uh, NBA. Hopefully I can catch Anthony Davis uh, back in the game. Probably uh, he'll uh, get hurt and exit it as soon as I turn on the television. <laughs> Um, but go check out Pro Football Focus, Pat's article, Scott's article, all the other stuff over there. Um, one of the best things. Uh, only a couple weeks left, but they have stuff all through the season. I do a lot of Dynasty stuff. Um, if you're into fantasy all year round, uh, a good pre PFF subscription. Uh, probably like a mainstay if you're like uh, really into fantasy. All, all kinds of articles all year long. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Hopefully we're all feeling a little bit better for week 17. Uh, thanks to Scott and Tyler for toughing it out with me. Uh, I'm Britt. And thanks to all you for watching. Uh, we out, y'all.